Think about the early church. They were undivided, and they multiplied. The, the early church in the upper room, as they, they sent them there, there was 500 and something people there, and they ended up being about 120, right? And they waited till they were all in one mind and one accord. That means people with other things on their agenda, they left. Things that other, people with other things that were more important to them th than getting a hold of God, they left. They got out of there. That's why a number doesn't bother me anymore. God will have here exactly who he wants to have here, the ones he called and he placed in this body, right? If you're here, if, if you're here and you call me your pastor and you call this your church, then you're part of this body. You don't get to leave unless I do something unethical, illegal, or immoral, right? You're here. It doesn't matter what offends you, what you like, what you dislike. God places each person in the, in the body as it pleases him. Not as it pleases you, right? So he put the people in the early church. They were there. They were in the upper room, and they waited until they were all in one mind and one accord. You all know the story. Then something came in like a fire, it says. They all started speaking in tongues. Yes. Amen? A lot of churches want to omit that part. They want to say it was for the early, early church, but if you read on in verse 38 or 34 or 38, somewhere in there, it says that this is for you. And for as many as God may call, you and your descendants, as many as God will call, right? So they were all in one mind and one accord. And then as soon as this happened, Peter went outside and preached. And you all know what happened next, right? Peter preached. 3,000 souls were saved that day. They were not divided and they multiplied. Think about it. They were not divided, so they multiplied. Peter preached and 3,000 were saved. And then it goes on to say, and the church was added to daily. That should get you excited right there. The church was added to daily. I can imagine they had miracles. Now, I can't find this in the Bible, but I can imagine they had miracles daily, right? How long do you think they had to wait in between miracles? Think about it. All the healings and the cloths going out, all the things that happened. It doesn't say that it was daily, but I can imagine they didn't wait very long for the next miracle to happen, right? This early church was a powerful thing, right? Because they weren't divided, they multiplied. It was powerful. It was a powerhouse. Ever since then, the church has been under attack. Can I tell you that? This new wave of attacks is no new thing. It didn't surprise God. He knew it was coming. He's seen it coming a mile ago. In fact, he knew it would be here before he formed the earth. He knew what the enemy would try to pull, right? The church has been under attack, and we've been under attack. We're part of the church. You're the church, right? Not this building, but you. Each and every one of us are the church, so we've been under attack, right? The latest attack that the enemy has brought against, against us has been a virus, right? He meant this virus to end the church. You know what kind of financial despair this puts on a church when you close the doors? When people don't send their offering in, when people don't send their tithe in? Think about that. You all are so good, though, that when the, when the church doors closed, our tithe and offering went up. He meant it for bad, but God said it'll be good. Amen? Now it's fell back off some. But when the doors were closed, the tithe and offering went up, right? So the enemy meant this virus to end the church. He, he would love to have seen this. He loved it when the doors were closed in the church. Think about this. And since then, that didn't work out completely for him. So since then, he's used fear. He's used division, right? Not only in the church, I'm, I'm, not only in just this local church, but I'm talking about the whole church. I've talked to a few other pastors that are in our district, and they said the same things are going on in their churches. They're under a spiritual attack. Amen? I talked to the, to the uh, general a uh, men's director here this uh, yesterday or the day before, I don't remember what it was, but he said the same thing is going on in his church in, in Kentucky or Tennessee or wherever it's at. He, believe, he sees the same things happening there, right? So it's in the whole church, not just this local church, but it's, not, it's also going in our country. It's going on in the whole world. If you, think I, if you think I'm full of it, check it out. What about the Republicans and Democrats? Totally pitted against each other. We can't agree to disagree anymore. Now, if we don't agree with someone, we automatically hate them. Amen? That's how, that's how they paint the picture, right? 
Black lives matter. And then you have the all lives matter pitted against them. Amen? You got, you got people who want to support the police. You got people who want to defund the police. Talk about the fear in that. People don't think about that part. But if you defund the police, the police department and there's no law and order in our country, what do you think that's going to look like? I realize that the police aren't the, are, I mean, there's things wrong in the police departments, but what do you think that would look like? But you got this group pitted against this group, where I'm going with this. You got people who call it peaceful protest, and you got people who call it rioters. Amen? I don't want you all to get quiet today, amen? Probably going to get on your toes a little bit because it got all mine. But if you quit saying amen and shaking your head, I know we're right where we need to be at. I know to stop right there and back up and run through it again. Amen? So just keep saying amen. You got mask or no mask? You see, you got people taking the virus more seriously, and some people aren't. And some people are offended by that. You get, you get what I'm saying? It, it, it's, it's all the division in the church, in the world, in our country. There's division everywhere. How'd that first church have all that power? One mind and one accord. Remember what God said when they, when, when they started building the Tower of Babel? He said if they stay united, they can do anything. Church, if we'd just be united, we're already teaching the doctrine. I know sometimes we don't follow the, we don't apply everything to our lives, but we're teaching the doctrine. If we just live in that right there, applying the doctrine to our lives and being united in what we do, this church would be a powerful, powerful, it'd be, we'd be a force to be reckoned with. More powerful than the President of the United States. More powerful than an atomic bomb. If we just get united. Amen. Brenda and I were talking this week, and this is when I realized some faults of my own. I know you all don't have any faults. This part here probably won't fit you. So I'll expect to hear a lot of amens during this part, right? But we were talking this, re this week, and, and, and sometimes churches just, uh, it's begin to be not as enjoyable for us. I mean, we, we, we get something out of it when we get here, but it's become to be more of a chore than it has a passion. Are you following me? I'm sure that's never happened with any of you all. But Sometimes we take our spiritual duties as tasks, though, and we, and we start to think about, we were talking about this in Sunday school this morning, we have to do them instead of we get to do them, right? Instead of I'm called by God, I'm going to do this better than my ability because he's going to provide, he's, he's going to supply everything, and he's going to anoint me, and he's going to show up in this day. Are you following me? But instead, we start looking at, like, I got to do this. I got to go over there on this day. I got to be ready again. Y'all awful quiet. Amen. I got to go to church again tonight. I don't feel like going to church. I've worked hard today. Don't you know I've worked hard today? I'd like to lay on the couch and watch some TV. Amen? Some of y'all can relate to that. Sometimes we try to do it on our ability when we get in this, in this, in this area right here. When we get off of what he's called us to do and, and, and we start doing it in our own ability, when it becomes a chore, it's because we're doing it in our own ability. We're not relying on him anymore, right? When I do things in my own ability, how many of y'all know I can be offensive? And that causes more division and more division because I start to get into my own ability thinking, I got this, I can handle this, instead of giving it to him and laying it all on him, right? Because he's called me out in this thing anyway. It's not up to me anyway. It's not up to me to figure out what to preach. It's not up to me to figure out what to tell you about. Amen? Because if I do it on my own ability, I can be offensive. But when I do it according to the word of God and what he's called me to do, if you get offended, that's on you. If you're offended by the word, you got a problem. Amen? If you're offended by me, then I got a problem. Amen? <laughs> Instead of leaning on him, right? When we're doing it with our own ability, we have get God out of the center of it. Amen? You all ever get God out of the middle of it? 
You all ever start doing it on your own ability and your own understanding? Look at what's happening in our world. We see all these things. We see them as physical attacks. All these things I just mentioned, we're looking at them as physical attacks. They're spiritual attacks, church. These are spiritual attacks, and we should treat them as such. You see, we're trying to, we're trying to confront these, these things that we're seeing as a physical attack in our physical. How much time did you waste debating on who's going to be the president? Can you do anything about it? You can cast your ballot, and you can pray. But you can't do anything in the physical about it except cast the ballot. Tell your opinion one time and that's it. That's all she wrote, right? We see the problem as people, though, right? We see the problem when we're looking in the, spirit, in the physical, I mean to say. When we're looking in the physical, we see the problem as people outside the church and inside the church, right? I can say that brother Adam, he really irks me sometimes. You know what he said? Did you see his, did you see his attitude? Amen. I can say that to Brother Adam because we're, we go way back, but he, know, he knows what I'm talking about. People talk like that sometimes. We, we talk like that sometimes. It's not just other people. Sometimes it's me. Amen? I'm sure you all have never done this before. But when we see people and we see circumstances as the problem, it causes more division, a division we cannot afford. We can't afford. We wonder why we don't have any power. Right here, division. Division. Strife, division, right? They were in one mind and one accord, and look what happened. They multiplied. Division is the opposite of multiplication. In fact, the check of division problem, you multiply. Think about it. Think about it. We look at people and we look at situations, though, rather than the enemy as being the problem. The enemy is our problem. This is a spiritual problem. This is a spiritual battle, and this is how we should fight it. Amen? Think about how much energy we wasted in, in, in the things that I've talked about right there. Just, just debating those things or talking about those things or watching them on the television or, or, or voicing our opinions. Think about the time and energy we've wasted that could have been spent talking to God about them. Amen? Instead of blaming it on each other, instead of blaming it on candidates, instead of blaming it on people or rioters or whoever it is and looking at the natural, turn to him. God, this is our problem that we have here in this time that we're living in. Lord, I know you're the master of all of it. I know that you're still in control, large and in charge. You've got all this, right? When we have no physical ability to, to, to control any of these things, we should, we should, like we said a while ago, cast our ballots, then pray. Pray for the politicians. Pray for the police. Pray for the pastor. Pray for the rioters. Pray for the doctors, that God would give them the knowledge, the wisdom to come up with a, with, with a vaccination for this thing, a cure for this thing. Amen? We can also speak to this thing, like we talked about in prayer requests this morning. We can speak to this thing. You know that my authority is more powerful than Dr. Fauci? Or whoever his name is. Is that his name, Fauci? Your authority as a believer, as a brand new baby Christian, you could have been born again today. Your authority is more powerful than anything that he could come up with. Amen? You all believe that? That gets me excited when I think about that. But we should pray for these people. Pray for the leaders. Amen? 1 Corinthians 10, 13 through 10, or 10 through 13 says this. I didn't give her my scriptures today. 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. Talks about division in the church. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation today. <clears throat> Are you all there? Still hear pages rustling. 
it mixes me up when I try to use those Bibles out of the back of the seats because every Bible that I own is either like this where I just push a button or their thumb index. I buy the thumb index one. It's an extra 20 bucks, but man, it's worth it if you look at a lot of scripture. Um, it says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. How many? None. No divisions. None at all. Rather be of one mind, united together, united in thought and purpose. In thought and purpose, right? 11 says, for some members of close, am I saying that right? C-H-L-O-E-S. It's unimportant how you pronounce the name. House have told me about your quarrels. Uh, my dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying, I'm a follower of Paul. Others are saying, I'm a follower of Apollos. Others are saying, I follow Peter, or I follow only Christ. 13 says, has Christ been divided into factions? Was Paul crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. Church, to get in one mind and one accord, we've got to remember what we're here for. What are you here for today? Did you come just because you always come? Did you come to see what I'm wearing? Did you come to hear the music because of what music we play? What are you here for? Are you here because Jesus Christ died on a cross to pay for your sins and you're here to serve him on this day? Are you here for him to serve you? <coughs> Think about it. There should be no division in the church. If we're all here thankful every time because we know that Christ died on a cross to save my wretched soul, that I don't have to go to hell anymore, I get to go to heaven and spend eternity with him, wouldn't I be thankful? How could I be angry and mad and upset if I'm busy being thankful and grateful and praising him? Think about it. I believe the number one reason that, that, that the church has lost her power is division. Division. We talked about it on Wednesday night. Brother, Brother Kendall talked about it. We're not as powerful as the early church was. We're not. We're not. I learned early on in my, in my calling that I can't make everybody happy. There's no way. You put 20, 40 people in a room, 50 people in a room, I'm sure it gets worse the more you get. You put that many people in the room, somebody's going to be disgruntled. Think about that. If we were all busy being here for him, though, where's the room in that? Where's the room in that? I'm not perfect by any means. I'm not the greatest person ever, right? But I am called by God. And if I'm doing my best ability to, to, to serve him, right, to keep this place lined out, where could you be angry at in that? Amen? Amen? The early church continued in the doctrine. They applied the doctrine. We're preaching the word. Are we applying it? That's the, that's the two things right there that's stopping us from being powerful, I believe. Right? Division and the application. Division and application. Remember what we're here for. Remember what you're here for, what you first came for. Not what's on your agenda today. Remember that zeal you had when you first got saved? Remember that? That's what we're here for. Amen? That's what you all are here for, right? That's what I'm here for. I'm here to see us grow spiritually. I'm here to see more people saved. Amen? I want to see those miracles and things happen. But most important is the salvation, right? It's not about us anyway. We're here to be in one mind and one accord, and that's with our minds on him, right? We need to recognize this as a spiritual attack. 
Amen? We're in agreement on that, right? James 4 and 7 says, Therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now when Satan tempted Jesus, he, said, he came and said, Turn these stones into bread. If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Hit him right when he was vulnerable. He, he'd been fasting for 40 days. Can you imagine how hungry you'd be after 40 days of fasting? He said, if you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread. You know that sounded good to Jesus. Sounded good to have a bite of bread. Can you imagine that bread you get when in a restaurant when it's hot and you get that hot butter on there and it's melted in there? It's one of, my, it's one of the best things in life. <laughs> Amen. You know that sounded good to Jesus. It sounded good to Jesus. But he said, no, man shall not live by bread alone. He brought the word of God. He opposed Satan with the word of God. And then he said, if you're really the son of God, throw yourself down off this place. He says he'll protect you. He said, no, you shouldn't. The word says not to tempt, tempt, tempt God. And he goes on to say, worship me. If you worship me, I'll give you this whole place. Amen. <clears throat> he said, get behind me, Satan. And he said, you, shouldn't, you shall not worship anything, anyone, any of the gods besides God. Amen. So, so, so when, the spirit, when, when Satan came against Jesus... He used the word. He used the word. We need to repent, church. Amen? We need to repent and get the other things behind us. Tell Satan to get behind us, right? We need to pray. Here's one you're not going to like. We need to fast. He said this kind comes out except by fasting and prayer. Fasting to train, to train your flesh, right? This is, not a, this is not a physical battle. This is a spiritual battle that we're in. We need to fast. We need to rebuke the foul spirits that come against us, right? We need to use the word against the foul spirits that come against us. And then we'd be busy about his business. We need to be busy praising him. Amen? You ever notice when you're praising God, everything changes? Everything changes. When the, when the enemy comes against me, I like to sing that one song, and it, it talks about every demon has to flee. You know, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Satan has to flee. No way around it. He has to. <clears throat> First, we have to recognize it as a spiritual battle, though. If we continue to look at it as a physical battle, we're going to continue to get more division, more strife, more envying. It's easy to get in the natural, right? But we need to recognize this natural as pressure from the enemy to move us off of where we're at. I know that you know in this church to use the word of God. When the enemy comes against you, we've taught this as long as I've been here. If you've been here very long, I know that you know to use the word of God. I know that you know that you have authority. Amen? Amen. I know that you all know this. But us looking at this physical, looking at the spiritual thing, we've been looking at it in the natural, though, and we've moved off that mark. Amen? Is it only me? Amen? We have authority. We have to answer or speak to to resist the devil, and he will flee. If he just keeps coming at us and we keep standing there like a dummy, he ain't going to go nowhere. He's going to keep beating up on us. Amen. You're not defeated by the attack. You're defeated by how you respond. He kept coming at Jesus. What makes you think you're any better? What makes us think we're any better? He kept coming at him. we got to keep resisting. we got to keep speaking to those attacks. Amen. He already gave me my next two messages. I've already told you that. When he gives them to me like this right here, and, and the second one is seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When he gives me these, I know that it's going to be a powerful move in the Spirit. No question in my mind. No question in my heart. Every time he's ever given me to preach about this, I, I, we've seen the Spirit move. You all know what I'm talking about. Next week he has me preaching on one mind and one accord. Study up on it. Read up on it. 
The week after, we're going to be talking about seeking the baptism. Because what happened in the old church? What happened in the old church when they got busy and they got in one mind and one accord? How many of them were filled? All of them were filled. What's wrong with seeking the baptism? Can I put this out there? Is this going too far to say if we're not seeking the baptism of the Holy Ghost, something's wrong with us? You see, too often we think, I don't want to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost because I'll look weird. I'll look strange in front of people. Right? People think that. That's, that's, that's their psyche. But something's wrong with us if we're not seeking more of what he has for us. Think about it. If you had a rich father and he had something, he had a gift to give you, would you go get it? Amen. I'd go get it today. Today. Be prepared for this. If you're not, if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, get ready to be. If you are filled with the Holy Ghost, I expect to hear you speaking in tongues. I expect to see you operating in your giftings. How are these young people ever going to do it, the younger Christians? How would they ever do it if the older Christians don't operate in it? Amen? So you had a head bowed at this time. If this message spoke to you today, talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. we got to get this straight. If you're upset with someone, go to them as soon as church is over today. And ask for their forgiveness. Hug them around the neck. You know, when Grace and Joe get in a fight, they're six and seven. They're about tit for tat. I think they're within a pound of each other. But they get in some knockdown drag out sometimes. And you know what I tell them to do? I make them separate for a little while first to make them think about it. Then I make them hug on each other and love on each other. Because in the end, you're still sisters. If you're put in this body, you're brothers and sisters. We're all followers of Christ. If you've got a beef with somebody, get over it. Get over it. Buck up today. Go to them. Hug them around the neck. Love on them. Apologize to them. Amen? Amen. Daddy, we thank you for this day, Lord. We love you, Father. We just praise your mighty name, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for these words like this, Lord, that correct us, Lord, that get us straight, Father God, that we can move forward, Father God, and see mighty movings in your church, Lord, in your body, Father. We thank you for these things, Daddy, and we praise you, Lord. I'm just so excited, Dad, to see what you have coming for us, Father God. Lord, I pray that you would touch your people today, Lord. Cause this word to fall on good, rich, deep soil today, Father God, that it would spring, it would, it would grow roots, Father God, and spring forth fruit, Father God, that we would come into this fruit again, Father God. Daddy, I pray this to you in Jesus' mighty name, Lord. I pray that you would use this church to be a powerhouse, Lord, for your kingdom, Father God, to see souls saved, Father God, whether they come here or they go to another church, Lord. We don't care, Father God. We're here for your business, Daddy. In Jesus' name, we pray these things. Lord, I pray that you would protect each and every person here, Lord. Protect us physically. Protect us spiritually, Father God. Protect us mentally, Lord. Protect us financially, Lord. Protect marriages here on this day, Father God. In Jesus' name, we pray these things, Daddy. Bring us back here on Wednesday, Father. Amen. Shake hands and come out smiling.